in pricing strategy, what you're trying to actually maximize is value, which is the difference between your price and a person's willingness to pay. Welcome to Marketing with Matt. If you're an entrepreneur or business owner looking to create more margin in your life and business, you're in the right place. For more after the show, be sure to check out ProfitMoreWorkLess.com. We're going back to back um, because I realize there's so much more around this conversation. So we're talking again pricing. I kind of have, have discussed before my uh, common recommendations when it's trying to figure out your pricing there, but there is another mature look at pricing. So let's say you're kind of in it. You've got prices, you've got customers. Um, this is called, call this is like an advanced pricing tactics. So you're not early and trying to figure out where to start, but you're in it and you're trying to evaluate, am I doing this right? You know, what, what should I, what should I do or kind of consider here? And so if someone comes to me, they already have prices, they already have customers, they already have sales process going on. Here's uh, the kind of bucket of thoughts that I propose to them. And this is something actually we continuously look at internally from, uh, is, you know, is our pricing right? And so the first one, um, you've probably heard before is that there's there's no advantage to being the second highest price solution. Zero, zero advantage. It's kind of the cursed land of the middle-priced group. In the middle of uh, pricing, meaning you're not, the, you're not the highest and you're not the lowest, you kind of have no advantage. You have literally, de- definitively, zero advantage. Um, and, and yeah, I don't know. You could find this in different product categories. You're like, they survive based on circumstance, not based on um, strategy, if that makes sense. It's proximity, it's it's uh, awareness, it's other things, but the price is not driving the choices. No, the, the price is not strategic there. So like a good example of this is like, if, if you go to, uh, I don't know, like you're in the middle of the desert and you find a, a little concession stand and they've got a price for water, right? And it's, it's, it's gonna be, it's like, well, this isn't the highest price water I've ever experienced, but it's also not the lowest price water. And, and you'd be like, well, why do they continue to exist? It's like, well, it's, it's because of circumstance, right? It's, it's a, they're like, they're in that place. They're not putting out whatever elite style water. And they're also not putting out discount style water because they didn't have to, right? And so that's, that's fine. If you're a business where you happen to be selling water in the middle of the desert, congrats to you. I still would say in your area, you might say like, oh, they actually are the highest price provider in that zone. If you zoom out wide enough, maybe they're middle ground. But but um, most of the time, it, it's like that. If you zoom out wide enough, that's where you start to ask yourself, like, am I strategically priced? And so there is um, this, the concept is willingness to pay. So in, uh, you know, pricing strategy, what you're trying to actually maximize is value, which is the difference between your price and a person's willingness to pay. How much would they, would they be willing to pay? That is where a product or a service or a brand really scales up, right? Where you start to see this almost like virality in the buying behavior and raving fan kind of mentality. And we've, you know, you've seen this. A good, a good example of this is like, let's, let's pick a brand like Tesla. And I don't know, people, it's actually great that there's volatility there because that's part of like a, a, a good brand too, is it, it, it repels and it attracts. But undeniably, um, of brands over the, la- of the recent years, let's go auto manufacturer brands, I don't think anyone has experienced the proof, undeniable proof of a greater willingness to pay than, um, than the price. And, and how do you see that? It's in wait times. 
I'll give you an example. When I purchased my, like literally signed up to purchase it, it, I had to wait six or eight months. I signed up to buy the car, waited eight months to receive it. Eight months to receive it. And part of that too is like they kind of, at different times, they don't actually guarantee the price. It could, like the price could change at that point. But now I've waited six months, eight months or whatever it is. And, uh, and I still, still buy it at whatever the current rate is. So it's just like, however you feel about it. I, I don't think anybody else can like touch that in the auto manufacturing space, that kind of disparity between perceived value. It is so valuable. I will sign up on the wait list and you look at people critique it, whatever. We'll see what the outpour is. But I'm also one of those people who signed up to buy the Cybertruck. Think about that. How many people? Now, there's stories of folks. They've, they've, uh, you know, they've canceled their order, whatever. They, 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 it's not going to turn out how everyone imagined it is. But still, the fact that I even exist and I have a deposit out there for a car I've waited now years for, you might think, Matt, you're completely insane. But I'm like, fine, but I'm not alone. I am not alone. And there's no other brand that can hold a candle to that kind of uh, gap in value. I believe the value of this product is so much so that I'm willing to like sign up in like a Kickstarter style and wait years and not just like turn my back and change a lot on it. And I'm, I'm not alone. There's hundreds of thousands of other people crazy like me. You're like, my goodness, they're doing something here. And so, but that's the gap. Willingness to pay and the actual price that people end up paying, that gap in value, that's what you're trying to optimize. Point blank, that's it. So the way to do that is, in like one of two zones, you are either the highest priced provider. You take your category and you stand at the top. Um, the one exception to this is volume. So think highest price in terms of customer lifetime value. It doesn't have to be an incremental value. So a good, good example on the alternative here is like you might look and say like, well, Matt, what about a brand like OpenAI? They keep on reducing their price like because they're thinking of in lifetime value, not in like incremental value. And they're building up a ton. Like they, they reduce their price by, uh, let's say 30% and they get their customers to actually spend 50% more. You know, we're measuring rice and they're like measuring the entire pie. They're like, okay, yeah, we, we slaved off, you know, cut off a little. And Tesla's done this too in, in, in ways. We're like, why did they introduce a lower price car? So like, well, this is a volume play. Now you have people like my family, we want an example. Like I could imagine us owning multiple Teslas. So now they're not just like, oh, we wanted to have like one car in the in the driveway. They're like, we want multiple cars in the driveway. We we want indoctrination. The low cost ones allowed them to enter fleet sales. Like literally, they're selling hundreds of cars to to businesses, sending more volume. And now they've they've opened up all these sort of uh, you know market opportunities there. And so. Still, for practical advice for those of us you know without our Tesla size brand, we're thinking. I should either be the highest or I should be the lowest because on either one of those zones, there's a path to success to maximize value. So I'm going to give you two practical examples of this where actually we find ourselves either uh, doing it successfully or someone else like outdoes us. And now we're like, what do we do here in the middle? So on one of our brands, we've got uh, an AI product and we were the highest priced in the market. And the benefit of being the highest price in the market is you can continue to deliver insane amount of value. That allowed us to reinvest incredibly on development. And so then to continue to push features, to have a connected experience for folks that were in the ecosystem. And we built up that perceived value because people are like, they're no longer measuring us based on what we have. They measure us based on our track, what our track record to deliver on what could be. This is kind of like Tesla, right? Where it's like, I buy a car. I know what it is today, but you've changed my mind. You actually ship me upgrades 
over the air and my car gets better with time. That's insane. I've never experienced a car like that. Every other car I buy, it's as good as it's today and it goes downhill from there. Tesla broke the mold. They're like, here's the car and this is actually the worst this car is ever going to be. You're going to continue to get updates, increase in features, like you have all these things. And so now I'm like, oh my gosh, perceived value. I, my willingness to pay is not based on today and the value goes down because I now believe the value goes up. So we were doing that similar sort of thing on the AI product side. However, somebody else introduced, entered the market. It wasn't a 10X price over us. It's like a 20X price over us. It, yeah, it's huge. Huge. So now we find ourselves and we're like, my goodness, there's somebody who's entered the market there and they are 20X the price of us. Now it's early, so it's yet to be seen like, you know, is that sustainable? Is that like, you know, is that like comparing Tesla to someone who sells private jets? Or even saying, is Lamborghini even really in the same market as Toyota? Like, not real. Like, they're, sometimes prices are so different, yeah. Is the price accelerated so much so that it's a different category? Um, but we find folks, I talked about, you know, I've talked about before and that 10X has changed. We have folks who leverage our product and they're getting 100X uh, exchange of value. They're like, this is worth 100X to me. And so, once again, they feel like we're an absolute no-brainer. But I'd say in some of those things, I give ourselves permission. It's okay. This is, we're still in a zone where if you buy us now, it's the lowest price it's ever going to be. The only guarantee I have about us and probably every other product in the marketplace is you will continue to spend more with them through their incremental price increase or through their clever, you know, price reduction, but volume increase uh, play there. So that's one example where we're, we're faced right there. We were, we thought we were strategically the highest price provider. Because we saw it allows to match that kind of expectation where we could reinvest enough to uh, kind of be like a Tesla, where it's like you bought it today, and this is the least, this is the the least amount of value you will ever experience. It will only increase with time. Uh, so that's one added benefit of being on the top side. That's why you can do that. That's why Tesla does it, whatever it is in your category. You have a strategic advantage to be the highest price because you can do stuff like that. In the middle, here's where you, here's why you. Well, we'll talk about the bottom, and then we'll talk about the middle. So on the bottom side, your your strategy is different. You're optimizing for lowest cost. And I've seen someone, it's a, an alternative to another one of our brands. They straight up are happy that they've got the lowest price. Um, and they'll, it's almost like advertise, like, uh, you know, and let's say it's like an 80% success rate, but they're like, but it's the lowest price, right? They, they might have like a comparable thing, like we're one, uh, you know, we're one, I don't think it's one tenth, but let's say like one sixth the price. And, you know, maybe you use, you know, Matt's brand and they might have a 97% success rate, but you use ours, it's 80%. You're like, okay, you're reducing 17%, you know, satisfaction, but you're reducing one sixth the price. And that's still the gap difference. And we've kind of seen, like, we have areas in our lives, all of us as consumers, where we're okay with that brand. Like, that's the dollar store. You're like, you know what you're getting when you're walking in there. Like, and if I'm shopping there, it's because I'm trying to optimize for cost. I'm trying to reduce my cost. And so, um, a good example, a, a different brand, actually interesting, is like a Spirit Spirit Airlines, where as a business, uh, they actually are a profitable brand doing well. And the whole thing is like, they're like, check it out, we're, you know, half the cost and it's only a 25% reduction in actual satisfaction score, whatever it is. It's like, they're not trying to say we're, we're competing on, um, on excellence, we're competing on value. The difference between your willingness to pay and what you actually pay, right? And that's 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 where they're trying to and, to and your flexibility about arriving on time. <laughs> well, that's kind of what it is. It's like you know we arrive on time, whatever it is, like sixty percent of the time, but we're you know half the cost. And so you're like, okay, right. I reduce my cost by fifty percent. I play the odds a little bit. And there are people, conscious consumers, kind of like that, who shop like the dollar star shopper, yeah. where it's like I just want to reduce my costs. 
And I would, you know, you'd be like, oh, if I, if I arrive on time, 60% of the time, I would take a 40% reduction in my cost and you're giving me a 50% reduction in my cost. So then actually, if the, if the top brand is like, this is their perceived willingness to pay and then value received, just that gap brings them ahead. Like, oh, there's a 10% difference in, in kind of that, in that downplay, but it's optimized for costs. This is super hard for a lot of small businesses to, to wrap their minds around because it's a, it's a little bit shrewder style of a business. Like this is truly, you just get to like choose what kind of business you want to be. But if I owned like a dollar store and someone was like, my goodness, like I came into your stuff and it's all like crap. It's only like a dollar. I, you have to be willing to be like, I know. Yeah. This store is not for everybody. If your goal is premium products, you're in the wrong store. That's exactly right. So you just have to own that. Um, you're in the wrong place. Here's the, the thing about that. That's a difficulty. Why it's mostly a difficulty for folks is because they price themselves in the middle. They're trying to stand in both lanes. They're trying to be like, I am a premium provider while trying to be lower cost. And you're like, you know, all that you're doing is eating your margins. That's it. You are losing on margins. And ultimately what that does is it restricts your growth or possibility for impact. That's it. And there's a lot of stores, we go with like the retail example, that are constrained in that way. Like nobody, technically nobody wins if you run out of cash and go out of business. And we can think of tons of brands that have done exactly that. They ran out of cash, they went out of business. That's why so many businesses fail because, well, there's a lot of factors into it. But I would say one of those things is the majority of business, like it's difficult. There can only be one lowest price and there can only be one highest price. But if you have the space and the maturity to make a intentional decision, look at it. How would you be the highest price provider or how would you be the lowest price provider? For for us, I'll tell you, um, I prefer to be the highest price provider. But like I said, you're always at risk. Somebody else is going to come 10x your price. And I got to look at it and say like, well, what, what would it look like to have that sort of, uh, sort of a scenario? And if anybody's watching me and you're here, or, you know, watching what we do and you're close in our space, um, you will see, I'm going to guess our responses, you'll see uh, a higher, higher priced option because I'm a strategic thinker. I'm sitting like, I know ex- this is just defined to be true. And, and if you know our price of whatever it is, and just imagine, I'm not going to, you know, like I said before, the benefit of being early is congrats to you. Um, but watch this change and watch how you benefit for us continuing to raise the bar of what it looks like to, to imagine a more premium service delivery. Um, like I said, it's not the only way you can do it, but our commitment to not be in the middle will create longevity, stability, and ultimately uh, a better experience. But like I said, it's not really about those things. It's really about how do you maximize the value exchange? And that's what the um, desire and uh, motivation is when you're thinking about strategic pricing. Absolutely. One of the big challenges I see is like in the agency space with pricing in the middle is the margin you give up is usually your time. And it's because it's limited. You, Although I've seen a lot of agencies do it for a season. And then all of a sudden they realize, man, I hate my company or I hate this. And I see even in SaaS, like they're like, I'll just give more. I'm a boutique agency. I'm a boutique SAFs or whatever. And all they're doing is, is sacrificing things short term that are not scalable, that are not like uh, sustainable. And so I think list, doing what you're saying here and choosing where you're going to be, building your, building your offering around that and then owning it. And that means you've got to start saying no to a bunch of people, right? A, bun- a bunch of people aren't going to be your client. That's good. Well, and your pricing does that. 
and that's the interesting thing is I would say like going back to, uh, I think this is from another, I think our last, last show. Um, but there were two folks sitting next to each other at our event. One was saying, I charge $3,000 a month. They just get the, the software. The other person was like, I can't even fathom that. I know for a fact, the person charging 3K a month has less clients number, but I also know they have more margin. So like if, if you, if you really get down to it, it's like, what do you, what do you really want? It's like, you really want the margin there because like I said, nobody wins if you burn out, hate the business and then decide to throw it all away anyways. And so interesting high level pricing, uh, you know, conversation here, but, um, hopefully it's helpful and beneficial to anyone listening. Thanks for tuning in for this week's Marketing with Matt. Check out ProfitMoreWorkLess.com to learn how we create high margin marketing. Also, if you know someone who'd enjoy the podcast, feel free to make a recommendation. I'm sure they'll thank you for it. Okay, bye for now. Bye for now.